Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. Elite, elite, elite. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you would have known that we recorded an episode last week, which was actually one of our favorites to date. Uh, sadly, we've been working on creating a better experience, which also created an audio issue that uh, ended up corrupting last week's episode. But just to quickly touch on some of last week's episode, my Dodgers are currently in the World Series, which has led me on an emotional roller coaster. The ups, the downs, it's been pretty crazy over here, but we'll actually get into some more Dodger baseball a little later in the pod. But for now, I want to introduce you to our second ever guest on the podcast. We got Mr. Good Vibes Only, Beard Eye Tables Over Beds, Vivint First Team All Sales, our friend and roommate, Mr. Tomas. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's Thomas. You heard it here first. Uh, I think the last episode was so good because I was on it. No, I'm not. No, the chemistry was definitely there. But uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and give us a little background of your sports background? For sure. So I uh, always had sports in my life. My dad played professional basketball, started off as a young age, playing basketball, played a little soccer. Uh, but in high school, football, basketball, main two sports, even threw in a little volleyball in my senior year, which I would recommend to anyone. Super fun sport. And then went and played a little college basketball at the JUCO level and then ended up transferring, played at Carroll College. Great experience except I wasn't a big fan of the snow all the time. First time living in an area where it snows two feet, bro. Walk to class after you shower too early and your hair freezes. I was cool <laughs> oh, off that. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, that, that's basically my little sports background. Just uh, happy to be here and talk about uh, everything that we're going over tonight. Yeah, Tom. Uh, we're definitely happy to have you on. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So, yeah, we actually had quite the eventful weekend. Uh, we, we ended oh, up going boy. out. We ended up going out both nights, uh, and we were just exploring North Texas. As you guys know, we all just got the house together. We're just kind of vibing and, and you know, exploring the town. Uh, last night, I could, I think we could all agree that we went a little too hard. Some, uh, of, us, some of us more than others. Yes, exactly. Some of us more than exactly. others. Exactly. Uh, it, was, it was a rough morning, to say the least, for myself. If you don't know me, I'm actually usually good at my drinking limits and, and kind of staying in a good spot. But, but last night, you know, I think I just went a little too crazy. Just slightly. Just slightly, okay? <laughs> Yeah, the, almost just slightly. Yeah, the line was there, and I was, you know, playing with it, and I at one point I crossed it. And so I think Gary could have gone harder. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, why don't we why don't we move off of the crazy weekend talk and let's hop into to the weekend of sports, starting with week seven of the NFL football. Uh, I figured one of the first things we should go in and talk about how about Tom's Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Obviously, Washington got a twenty-five to three dub. Uh, unfortunately, you guys didn't hear we were talking about uh, our thoughts on the Cowboys and, and when Andy Dalton came in, how they're going to respond. Tom, I know you said they had a lot of great weapons, but uh, three points. Didn't really utilize those weapons very well, my man. Yeah, uh, I don't got much to say. It was a pretty disappointing game. Um, I was, I'm was i always expecting more when it comes to my teams. Obviously, Dalton stepped into the shoes of Dak Prescott. I knew it wouldn't be the same, but uh, he, he didn't fill much of his shoes at all. And yeah, Dalton's feet need to grow. Yeah, he's definitely uh, quite a while or quite a ways off of uh, Dak Prescott. But there's actually a play in the game where Dalton went to slide, got absolutely destroyed, D helmet, helmet came flying off, uh, head hit the turf, and he was knocked out. Uh, one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was none of our, our guys, none of the Cowboys went to defend the dirty hit at all. Everyone kind of just like was looking around. Maybe a couple of them kind of went towards Dalton. But, but for me, this Cowboy team just seems super deflated and defeated. Uh, if I'm on a team and my guy get hit, hit, gets hit dirty like that, 
I can promise you I'm going to be right in that dude's face, letting him know that we don't roll like that. So uh, obviously we don't know how much time Andy Dalton might miss uh, since you said he was knocked out. Who, who's going to be their QB going into next week? You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know, but I'm expecting a trade, uh, a sign, something. We got to figure something out because we can't go into the, the next week with the third string quarterback. So how dirty do you think the hit was? I mean, helmet to helmet. I'm honestly not a big fan of them uh, throwing stuff like that in there because it actually – it influences the players to go for the legs. And that's where we're getting all these leg injuries. I think big hit, you know, and you're playing football. That's the name of the game. That's what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing I disagree on that part is, is Andy Dalton was trying to slide a baseball slide. That's like the number one way that, that you're able to protect these quarterbacks. Uh, He wasn't trying to extend for more yards. It was, it was blatantly dirty. He got ejected. There was an injection. It was dirty. And, you know, that's the type of stuff. I, I love the, the hard hits in football, but that's that's the kind of hit that I'm okay eliminating from the game. Um, I want to see these guys playing for, for as long as they can. And when you're taking all these head injuries, we've seen it time and time again with Brandon Cooks and other guys around the league. Like once you start getting hit in the head, it's, you know, it's hard to stay healthy. Yeah, that is a, that is a serious thing for sure, the head injuries. So, I mean, what do you guys think this this win means for Washington? Does it Does it give them any sort of, like, push going forward? Yeah, I mean, my thing is with just how weak I, I keep bringing up the, the NFC least is. I mean, now they're sitting at two wins. They're not far out of a playoff spot. Obviously, it's really early in the season. We're still, you know, seven weeks in. Some of these, some of these teams have only played six games. But, I mean, any win you can get in this conference, especially in conference play, I think means a lot moving forward. Um, so, I mean, a win is a good win, especially against a conference rival. I think that we just got to wait and see what happens. All these teams, they're not doing good. There's uh, plenty of season left. Anyone could come out on top in this division. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. One player that uh, stuck out from the game was Antonio Gibson, the undrafted free agent rookie for Washington. Uh, He actually played wide receiver in college. Uh, His coach, Ron Rivera, has given a lot of comparisons to Christian McCaffrey. I'm actually excited to kind of see if he could fill those those, uh, shoes and play at a level like that. He definitely had a great game, and I'm looking forward to watching him play. Christian McCaffrey? CMC. Dude, speaking of big shoes, man, making that kind of comparison to a rookie running back who used to play wide receiver. Ron Rivera must be on crack. (laughs) I mean, here's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Ron Rivera was CMC's coach for multiple years, so he saw the growth and development of Christian McCaffrey. Um, So if anyone is to make that comparison, I think it's fair for him to make it. Obviously, we're not going to know. It's early in the season. He's still a rookie. He's not even the, the workload, getting all the workload, blah, blah, blah. But you know, I, I, I honestly think that he's a special talent, and I think only time will tell if he can fill shoes like that. Well, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out. Why don't we move on to going from one of the worst games as far as records to a battle of two undefeated teams in the Titans versus the Steelers. Obviously, if you guys didn't know, Steelers did come out, kind of a controversial ending, uh, but the 27-24 to 24 win. Any any key points you guys want to start start us off on? I mean, I could I could jump right into it, and you know, this game was the epitome of why I said the Steelers are the best team in the NFL. Uh, Big Ben found plenty of ways to get it done, finding new weapons in the offense week in week out. Juju's obviously struggled, had a good game. Uh, Deontay Johnson, great game. Uh, I mean, to me, this is why the Steelers are the best team in football. You think they're better than the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, coming in, if we're talking right now, yeah, I, I do. I mean, obviously the Chiefs are the defending champions. They have the crown. They need to be decrowned for anyone to actually be the best team in football. But I'm talking currently, right now, where the season's at, I think the Steelers are the best team in football. 
Speaking about best teams, how about best players? I'm going to be a little biased since he's he's my fantasy number one overall. Uh, Derrick Henry, I personally think he's the best running back in the NFL. What's your guys' thoughts on my take there? I think it's a little too soon to put, the, put him there. He's talented, huge running back, a lot of talent. But then you look at the guys, you got Dalvin Cook, you got Zeke, uh, Alvin Kamara, CMC when he's healthy, Aaron Jones, Saquon when he's healthy. There's a long list of top, top tier running backs. I don't know if I'm ready to say Derrick Henry's the best one. Yeah, hey, maybe next year, you know. Antonio Gibson, if we're talking about Ron Rivera, um, I'm pretty sure CMC was like the first pick in everyone's fantasy football draft for the most part. So I'm still caught up on that um, that comparison, and I think CMC, when he's healthy, is the best running back. I couldn't agree more. So that's why I'm a little hesitant to put Derek Henry. Obviously, some of the other guys I mentioned are, are right there with him as well. Uh, I don't think he's there. Obviously, uh, here, another thing on the podcast, if you guys haven't uh, heard it before, I'm, I'm pretty high on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I've said it time and time again. I think he's an elite quarterback, uh, just to the dismay of, of Gary and also Thomas. You guys didn't hear it in the last podcast. But, I drafted Tannehill. Yeah, but but when I say elite, you're, you're not on it. I don't think he's elite. I think I got great value from him. I was talking about him before we even drafted uh, my Vivian coworkers and everything. But, yeah, Tannehill's good, but – He's doing great. Elite? So, 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 so I'm a, I'm a meet in the middle. I think I think Thomas is a little soft on the good call. I think he's he's a great quarterback, but for me and my definition of elite is top three in the NFL. And I just don't think Tannehill is, is a top three. I think he's probably in that five to eight range right now with the way he's been playing. Um, obviously he's been balling out, but there's a lot of factors that make someone elite and I can't put Tannehill in that company. I, I couldn't agree more. I definitely, when I say elite, I mean top eight, but if you want to look at the stats, he has the highest QBR passing rating in the NFL since week one of last season. So obviously he's doing something right. It's not just on the back of Derrick Henry. He's putting up good numbers. He's being consistent. I mean, to me, that's what you look for in a quarterback. It is a smaller sample size, though. You know, they run the ball a lot, so it really makes it easier for him than some of these quarterbacks that really, they got to do it all. And that's what I think really makes him elite. If you get rid of Derrick Henry from the offense, I don't know if he's going to be the same. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Derrick Henry definitely opens doors uh, that would be closed otherwise. Uh, I mean, you can go back to Miami with Ryan Tannehill in a horrible system, horrible team. He was still putting up good numbers. So for me... I think I think he's a great player. He's found himself in a really great system, a uh, really good situation. And, you know, I think this Titans team's elite, and I think a big part of it is their quarterback's also elite. Why don't we move from one potential elite quarterback to, I think, a quarterback we can agree that either was elite or maybe still is elite with the uh, with the Packers, excuse me, bouncing back against the Texans. Uh, Aaron Rodgers bounces back after an ugly game against Tampa Bay. And, uh, Aaron Rodgers throws four TDs today. What's your guys' thoughts on on that game? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the Packers were actually without Aaron Jones, their lead running back, but no Aaron Jones, no problem, because Devontae Adams and Jamal Williams really stepped up and balled out, obviously behind the arm of Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, it was it was definitely impressive. I know uh, last week Aaron Rodgers said they actually needed that Tampa Bay loss, and moving forward, I, I think he's going to show why it was important to take that loss and, and bounce back as hard as they did. And you know, with running backs in the NFL, I really think it's a lot of next man up. What really comes down to is they're all fast. Most of them can catch. The line is what's creating the holes for them. And if you can fit a bus through there, any running back on your team can get through there and get yards, get touchdowns. Yeah, so if we're going to look at the other side of the ball, I just have a question. Which NFL executive hates the Houston Texans, man? Because their opening schedule this this season has been brutal, absolutely brutal. Yeah, I mean, obviously they, they played Chiefs, Super Bowl champions last season. They played Baltimore 
who are, who are obviously a, a top team going into the season. Now they're playing the Packers. They definitely got the front end of the stick. Um, obviously, you know, it's only six games, seven games in. But when you're when you're looking on the barrel of what their record is, I, I think they're not going to be able to overcome how how poor of a start they've had. And some of it's their own fault. Some of it, it really is just the schedule they were given to start it off. It's not looking good for them either. Didn't their quarterback just get hurt? Deshaun Watson? No, I don't. I don't think Deshaun Watson got hurt this week. You didn't hurt? Okay, for sure. I might have hurt something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, if it was, it was late in the game. But I'm pretty sure he's okay. Okay. Um, like Garrett, like Garrett alluded to, it, part of it's their own fault. Obviously, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the offseason had left a lot of us scratch our heads clueless. But uh, I believe in Deshaun Watson. Obviously, this one and six record is, is brutal, and I don't think they're going to come back from it this season. But I, I think moving forward, they got some good pieces, and, and it starts with the quarterback. And Deshaun Watson's uh, a great player. No argument there. Let's move on to to another game. Browns continue winning against the Bengals. Uh, obviously, on the last podcast, we talked about Baker Mayfield. He was coming off of a really, really bad game two weeks ago. This week, he bounces back and plays great. Um, I, I know we've talked off off script, kind of going back and forth on, on our thoughts of Baker Mayfield. You guys want to uh, kind of allude to what we were talking about before? Yeah, so, I mean, in last pod, I kind of talked about how this Browns team really moves with Baker Mayfield. Some games, he comes into it, and he looks like he's he's on. And uh, other times he look he comes to the game and he looks like he was out drinking the night before the game. Uh, tonight or today, uh, he came in, uh, looked rough at, at the start, and then ended up finishing with five touchdowns. He's feeling um, dangerous. Tonight. Yeah, uh, he definitely came out to perform today, and you know, led the uh, Browns past the Bengals. Now, something you gotta you gotta think about too is Baker is still a young quarterback. You know, you don't want it to be like a very passionate love that burns really strong at the start and kind of sizzles out. You want to put it in the oven and let it bake for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Really let I it like this analogy. Fruition. Yeah. Okay. I think if uh, we were a little more patient with him, I think he could do some good things. Yeah. I mean, th- I think some of it's just the hype when, when you're drafting quarterback that early, you know, he wins the Heisman uh, and kind of Baker's swagger and what he has. The spotlight tends to be pretty big around anyone like that. So I think some of it's kind of, some of it's his own fault and some of it's just kind of the surrounding that he was in going into the league. Which is the reason why there was kind of lofty expectations, and then you know with the weapons he has around him, Jarvis Landry, uh, Odell. Yeah, that's Odell's another guy that kind of that loves the spotlight, like Baker. And I think that's why that Brown this Browns team gets kind of the notice that they get. Uh, news on Odell Beckham though is he actually left the game in the first quarter with what seemed to be a non-contact knee injury. Obviously, you don't want to speculate, and he was questionable to return. Uh, nothing, nothing, no news out yet. But I mean, you just hope the best for Odell. I mean. Yeah. He's been he's been getting shit on for quite a while. <laughs> I was about to say that. Oh, oh no, where's it's the hype horn at? <laughs> but uh, talking about the Browns, you guys think they're playoff contenders, pretenders? Where do you guys see them ending their season at? I mean, I personally think that they're contenders, uh, not for a Super Bowl, but certainly for a spot in the playoffs. Obviously, after after tonight or today, uh, they perform really well. They got the weapons. Uh, as long as Baker keeps, you know. Showing up, I don't see any reason why they can't. Do they have the weapons though? Like we still got to figure out what's going on with Odell. That, that could be a big hit for him. Yeah, but you still got they got the best one-two punch in the run game when Nick Chubb comes back. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, you still got Jarvis. You got Higgins. You, they they got their weapons. I'm yes. I'm not too worried. What about the Chiefs just getting Le'Veon Bell? That could be a good one-two punch. Yeah, Ooh. that that's definitely can compete for Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt as far as the best one-two punch. But I need a bigger sample size. I've seen what these two dudes can to do do together sharing the backfield. I uh, really haven't seen much of uh, CEH and, and Le'Veon Bell to kind of say that they would be my number one one-two punch. Why don't we uh, Why don't we hop on the other side of the QB spectrum with Joe Burrow? 
Uh, you know, he kind of started slow. Obviously, the Bengals, they're the reason why they, you know, they had the first pick. They obviously did not do well at all last season. You know, I think he's performed pretty well, and I think he's getting more uh, in, in tune with what the NFL looks like and, and you know, and, and what you have to do to be successful. I, I've liked what he's done so far and continues to grow. What are your guys' thoughts on Burrow uh, seven weeks into the season? Yeah, I mean, this offense has him throwing the ball in here between 40 and 60 times as a rookie. Uh, I'm impressed with his performance uh, thus far into the season. Um, obviously, you have a lot of pressure on you coming into a, a losing franchise, and, and that hasn't changed yet. I believe they're 1-5-1, so still not winning, but he looks great, and I, I honestly think that once they surround him with a little bit better of a defense, O-line, uh, maybe more of a, a systematic change or, or an addition of talent, I think that uh, Joe Burrow will be good moving forward. I think that I'm actually pretty happy that Joe Burrow hasn't started off super hot. Uh, you know, there's lots of situations where people come in, they get cocky, bad things happen. It just brings up Ryan Leaf. You know, he came in, got drafted super high, was winning, was winning, and then boom, gets into trouble with the law. I think this will good kind of keep his uh, keep him in check, keep his head down. Yeah, I like the take. Uh, I, I like I said, I, I think he's he's got all the tools it takes. So I mean, I think maybe a system change or in addition to talent on both sides of the ball will definitely help the Bengals moving forward. Uh, one part of that talent is Joe Mixon, um, on and off injury. Uh, you know. He's got a foot injury, which can be really serious for running backs in the NFL. Do you guys think that he can make a return and stay healthy and, and kind of join that elite company as far as uh, running backs go? I really hope because otherwise my fantasy team is not going to look good. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, being on the field is the most important part. It's kind of hard to be to be in that conversation of elite when, when you can't be out there consistently. Obviously, like Thomas said, hoping for the best because um, I know I know Joe could use you know mixing out there to help him out. I think it's going to be something we're just going to have to patiently wait and see, you know, if he comes back when he does and what he looks like when he finally does make it back out on the field. Yeah, because I think that JoJo connection could be could be pretty strong moving forward. Okay, JoJo, I kind of like it. Are we going to be the first person to coin that? We might have to. We'll have, we'll have to take a look. We might have to. But uh, we can move into the next uh, the next game. Uh, the Falcons lose another game when their win probability was over ninety five percent in the fourth quarter. What is up with these Falcons? Yeah, I don't know who cursed them. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, I really just feel bad. Anyone who's an Atlanta fan, whether it's, you know, your Braves just getting eliminated by the Dodgers not too long ago. And then every time it seems like the Falcons might win a game, they find a way to lose it in new and, and new and interesting ways. They have, they have definitely not been the same since that Super Bowl loss a couple of seasons back. Let's take advantage of the curse, bro. Let's put some money on them next time they're up by a lie, you know? Okay, some live bets. <laughs> yeah, some, some live, live bets. bets, you know? 95% uh, win probability in the fourth quarter. I believe this is the third or fourth game this season that they've been up over 95% going into the fourth quarter and end up losing. How, That's, much, how much do you think the payout is? Oh, for? a ton. It's got to be. Maybe not anymore because it's the Falcons. So there's <laughs> like, the bet. Oh, yeah. Up by 90, 95% chance to win. Yeah, they'll find a way to lose. Yeah, it might. We might have to bet 100 to win 105 with the way they're playing. But, uh, you know, it's it's not just on the, the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of these teams come back and they start playing great football. We had Matthew Stafford throwing the game-winning touchdown on the last play of the game. Obviously, that, that doesn't happen frequently. No time on the clock. Stafford airs it out. Touchdown. You know, it, you can't you can't blend the, the Falcons completely, but they're definitely to blame. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely hard to blame to some extent, but obviously you have these crazy fluke classic plays. And Detroit's no stranger to that. I know it's happened a few times, obviously – few times they've been on the receiving end of a, of a last second touchdown and then on uh, the run end of it. Um, I mean, all in all, I think just the big storyline is just the Falcons keep losing, um, uh, unfortunately. But kind of a highlight for Detroit. Uh, they got uh, DeAndre Swift. 
Um, you know, what do you guys like? You guys like how he looks so far? Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely think he's been very solid at the running back position for the Lions. I'm just waiting for them to, you know, give him the reins. Obviously, they have Adrian Peterson, uh, Kirion Johnson, so they're kind of deep at the running back spot, and and you can't you can't take away from all day AP. So I think it's time, but I understand like the struggle to you know give the full reins over to DeAndre Swift. It really has to be situational too. You know, uh, if the Lions are they start winning more, you know, they're they're contending, you're gonna play what you need to win. But eight, you know. AP is old. Facts. DeAndre Swift, young. Also facts. Do you want them to get better? If you want them to get better, you play them more. So if they're really going to focus on development, give them the ball. I you know? I agree. I, I think it's time. I think I've seen enough from him for, for him to get the reins, him to get the touches, and see what he can do. Obviously, we won't know until they, they throw him in there and, and you know see if he, he can keep the fire going. But, you know, for Atlanta – there's one thing I want to see moving forward, and, and they continue to struggle. I want to see Matt Ryan throwing the ball 50-plus times a game. They got Todd Gurley. I don't care. Matt Ryan has Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones out there catching passes, two of the best wide receivers in the game. Let them air it out. You know, what's the worst that could happen? They're not winning games. They got talent to win games. Throw the ball. Well, what just comes to mind for me is, you know, they're up by a lot. So, obviously – Something's not working. Maybe if they run the ball, they kind of drain out some time. But here's one thing that I do know. Maddie does not have ice in his face. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's, it, I think it's slowly leaking out. I still think he, he could play football, but it's definitely not the old Maddie ice. I can I can definitely agree to that. Maddie ice is, is, is maybe never, ever going to be the same. Um, He's Maddie dry ice now. <laughs> Maddie dry, extra cold, extra cold. Lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Why don't we? Why don't we move into the uh, the Bucks defeating the Raiders, forty five to twenty? Uh, obviously, a weird situation with the Raiders, almost losing their entire offensive line with COVID. It's the heart of the team. Yes, you I, know, we know how you feel about the offensive line. You you believe, and I know you alluded to in, in last podcast that we recorded that you think the offensive line is the most important position in football. A thousand percent without a doubt. You know, and I, I could definitely agree it's important. It's important to protect your quarterback. It's important to open these holes for your running back. Speaking of running backs, Josh Jacobs, got to be the Raiders' top weapon, and they are not using him like they should. Obviously, you got guys like Darren Waller, Henry uh, Ruggs, the rookie wide receiver. The Raiders need to start focusing on using these weapons because you get into a, you get into a position where you're down a lot because you're looking to play a system – systematic offense when you just have weapons use your weapons they're there they're there they're, they're there to be used yeah i mean obviously i'm i'm, I'm not the hugest Derek carr fan um he definitely has some tools around to be successful i would definitely like to see josh jacobs getting the ball a little bit more especially early on in the game kind of set a precedence of we're gonna run then maybe use a little bit more play action uh, early on in the game to to get your your big plays you know to rugs waller and and the likes of no hands, Nelson Aguilar, oh, no. who who seems to have birthed hands here here with the Raiders. I'm I'm sure Eagles fans are really upset to see this, but Aguilar has actually been uh, their number one wide receiver the last couple weeks. It was just too cold in Philly. His hands were his hands were hard as rocks. Now he's in Vegas, a little warmer. He's feeling a little better. That makes sense. That's, that's all it is. If the Bucks had Giannis Antetokounmpo, wrong Bucks, Tom. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But it just made me think. If okay. they had Antetokounmpo, what position? What position do you think he would play? And do you think it would make them contenders? 
I mean, I already think that contenders might be fair. It's Tom Brady with a talented, loaded team. But yeah, I think maybe some wide receiver tight end action, honestly. Uh, big dude kind of kind of built like a Darren Waller. But uh, talking about the Bucks, Tom Brady actually threw for four TDs and rushed for one. I know it's always what kind of a shocker. Rushing yeah. for a touchdown. It's a little bit of a shocker when Tom Brady rushes one in, but he, he balled out today. Um, you know, they, they have all these weapons, one of which is Leonard Fournette, who's been fighting injuries and also Ronald Jones Jr., uh, for, for touches, but I, I personally think that he'll be the RB one for them uh, towards the, the middle to tail end part of the season. Was there was there an injury from from uh, Ronald Jones? Uh, I do not believe so. Okay, I know you're talking about uh, another one of our guys' fantasy running backs was getting hurt. I thought. Oh no, I thought Brando he, had him. No, Brando Brando just lost Chris Carson and Kenyon Drake tonight. No. Oh, that's right. It was Kenyon Drake. No, Ronald Jones. I'm oh. also a fan of Leonard Fournette. I think that he is going to make Ronald Jones. The junior, he's gonna baby him, uh, okay. and he's gonna take over the backfield because, you know, I just don't see him doing much. Leonard Fournette been high on for a while. I was trying to draft him, but I taken from yeah, him. I, I hey, think I took him from you. It was kind of a blessing for him. Yeah, he hasn't done much so far, but you know, he has a lot of talent, and I think he's gonna take the RB one for him. Yeah, I just need to get in the fantasy playoffs because I mean, I got these guys that towards the tail end. I'm not too worried about, but some other guys on the Bucks, uh, Mike Evans, he's continuing to struggle. I don't understand. You know, I thought pairing him with Brady, they were going to be a, a top duo in the league. And It's yeah. a different style, though. I know. I just – I mean, Jameis Winston's been throwing to Mike Evans for years, and Mike Evans has looked like a, a top five wide receiver. In my in my head, Tom Brady goes over there, and I'm just assuming that Mike Evans is, is going to elevate his game alongside Tom Brady. But here's the thing. Winston would get so many interceptions because he would just launch it. You know, he would just throw it to him deep. Tom Brady, he's more calculated. He's not going to throw a bad pass like that that, hey – Mike Evans might be able to catch. You know, he can make a play, but there's a reason why Edelman and all these other wide receivers that are doing, like, these little short routes, that's Tom Brady's bread and butter. It's not these long balls. So That's why I think he's struggling. So what are your thoughts on, on them bringing Antonio Brown in on a one-year deal? Because to me, it's like they got the weapons. Utilize them. Why are you adding more, more and more weapons when you're not even utilizing the ones you already got? Garrett, what do you think? Um, I think it's interesting because obviously going in the offseason with with the additions of obviously Gronk and Brady, you're thinking, man, these Bucks are going to be the best offense potentially in the NFL. And and, and Tom's already alluded to it. Evans has struggled a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not a big Antonio Brown fan. I, I think he brings a lot of drama um, in, in an environment where you're trying to minimize that. So I, I would definitely say no go on Brown, but um, it, it seems like they've already he's already agreed to a one year deal. Um, you know, I, I think I think they got too many, too many, too many weapons. It sounds weird to say. Um, all in all, I'm not a fan of the move, though. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like the Josh Gordon stuff. You know, super talented guy, but just a lot of issues. So, I mean, I'm I'm gonna deflect on that one. I'm gonna actually you know re- to return that to Josh uh, Gordon. His issues were were from from my understanding purely marijuana, and uh, I have no problem with any athlete smoking marijuana. I think there's been studies proven that that actually uh, helps the recovery process, and and when you're dealing with anxiety or depression or whatever Josh Gordon is dealing with, I don't I don't see an issue. Uh, the I think, issue is that he gets suspended. Well, that's but that but the issue stems with the NFL and the ruling. I think, and and I've actually believed that they've made changes to the to the marijuana policy. I don't believe you get suspended anymore for marijuana. So I, I his his walking away from the game a couple of times. I think it was more on his behalf, him wanting to better himself, which all power to him. But I don't I don't think putting Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon in the same category is right at all because because uh yeah, Brown's a clown. yeah yeah Antonio Brown's a clown <laughs> he he's got some serious serious issues but you know talking about Tom Brady let's go ahead and uh, hop over to the Patriots game 
Uh, they played the 49ers. They actually got routed by the 49ers. Our guy, Cam Newton, we, yeah. we love him. Uh, nine for 15, 98 yards, and three interceptions, and ended up getting benched for uh, Jason Sidham. We love a negative fantasy point game. Yeah, that's rough. Obviously, there was a lot of hype with Cam Newton. You know, I feel like he was getting overlooked, uh, uh, you know, undervalued, underappreciated. He came with some hunger. But, I mean, the Patriots have really underperformed this season. Obviously, no one knew exactly what they were going to look like without Tom Brady, who's been there for, for forever and a day. But um, this is this is the start that no one has expected from Cam Newton and, and the Patriots as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I thought Cam looked really great at the start of the season. Uh, obviously, once he got put on the COVID list, uh, his two games back from then, uh, he hasn't looked the best. I don't think it's time to move on from him just yet. I, I definitely think, not. Yeah, I think you kind of give him a week of reps. Uh, you you instill confidence in a guy like that, and I think he'll come back and perform for you. Yeah, I mean, my major thing is they brought Cam Newton in for a reason. I don't think the Patriots think Stidham is, is the guy moving forward. Um, so, I mean, I think you just ride the ship with Cam Newton. He's proven himself, and, and you let him figure it out. Then put a guy like Stidham in there. And, you know, there's a reason why you didn't want to be your QB1. Yeah, so, I mean, on the other end of the ball, obviously the 49ers played some great football. And the 49ers actually keep finding ways to be productive, regardless of all the injuries that they've uh, been dealing with. Uh, backup running back Jeff Wilson Jr. rushed for 112 yards, three TDs. Are the 49ers a good team? It's tough for me just because of their their strength of the the conference that they're in. Um, obviously, Seahawks um, now have their first loss. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I mean, they're in a really tough conference. Um, what, what are your thoughts, Thomas? Let's go Niners! Uh, I've been a Niners fan for life. Time to get the jersey out. No, I'm just, I'm, just messing up. I'm, I'm, I'm acting like uh, all the people that live in our hometown because as soon as the Niners start winning, all the jerseys come out and all of the bandwagons come out. Now, I hope they start winning more. You know, I got to give it up for my home team. But like, I don't know. They're in a tough division. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them coming out of this division on top. I, I honestly could wouldn't be surprised if they're uh, the last last team in the division. Yeah, I mean, I, I think last place could really be eight and eight in this conference. Obviously, that's not the season the 49ers were wanting. Do you think? Do you think last place could get in? No. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. I don't think so. They're going to be eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. I know the expanded playoffs add an extra team, but with the NFC North, whoever does them in the division will take the other spot, and then second and third in the NFC West will take the other two. Yeah, so uh, moving on to the next game, uh, Thomas and I actually watched almost the entirety of this game. It was the uh, L.A. Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Chargers did win 39-29. Thomas, I don't know about you, but I actually think Justin Herbert is probably one of the most exciting players to watch right now. Oh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's definitely doing really good. He got the long passes, running the ball, just mixing it up. Reminds me of Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, he's slinging around. He's got the talent. Keenan Allen, one of the best wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's got the talent, and he's, he's playing well. He's actually probably playing – uh, the best as far as rookies go offensively. Uh, on the other end of the ball with the Jags, they actually have another rookie, undrafted uh, rookie, James Robinson. Uh, he's an absolute stud. He's he's the best player on this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I know we were both watching. He's bouncing off dudes, running people over, stiff arms. Muscle hamster. You know, <laughs> I, I think I think that's a fair comparison. Uh, he's extremely exciting to watch. He's definitely on the, on the come up, and, and I think it's going to be exciting to watch what he does uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, let's hop into uh, Sunday night's game, Seahawks versus the Cardinals. Uh, I know we were probably all expecting a good game, and we definitely got that. Uh, Russell Wilson versus Kyler Murray, two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you obviously have MVP favorite, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, sophomore year. There's no slump. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we weren't expecting what we got. We got some. We got some crazy game. Yeah, I know. Coming out with there's like three minutes left. Seahawks were up ten. I, I was unable to watch most of the game before that. I thought the game was signed, sealed, delivered. Seahawks were going to win, stay undefeated, and boy was I wrong. Some some crazy happenings the last few minutes, and and some some interesting overtime plays. Uh, but hey, the Cardinals found a way to get it done. I think this is going to be a great boost for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals moving forward in this tough division. Yeah, I I feel bad for you missing the game. It was probably one of the most exciting games I've seen in a while. Maybe game of the year. It was just back and forth, back and forth. Just really exciting. Loved it. Yeah, I mean, they were going pick for pick, touchdown for touchdown. Uh, Kyler Murray and, and Russell Wilson really put on a show. And, and speaking of both of them, which duo do you guys like more, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett or Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins? Well, I mean, I think everyone knows my answer based on what I've talked about Russell Wilson, but I'll let uh, Thomas start it off. For sure, yeah. Um, so this is a great question. And the thing is, Wilson, I'm taking him over Kyler. But Hopkins, I'm taking him over Lockett. So it's really you got to kind of factor them both. Lockett. Has had trouble with passes, being caught. He drops a couple of them. He's also not the most consistent. Hopkins, probably one of the best wide receivers. Kyler's on the up. I'm taking Kyler and Hopkins. Yeah, so I know you alluded to who you'd pick, Garrett. Um, I'm actually going to join Tom on this one. I think uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are definitely the better duo. They're actually probably one of the best ones in the NFL. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the game. And Kyler Murray, like Tom alluded to, is on the up and up. Uh, he's going to be one of the best ones and, and, you know, sophomore and no slump. So I, I mean, I think they're both great duos. I, I just got to take Kyler and Hopkins. Yeah. The one argument I just want to make is, is Lockett has DK Metcalf. So it's like a one A and a one B where Hopkins doesn't really have anyone close to on his level. You have an old Larry Fitzgerald. So I can see why you pick the two, but, uh, I'm going to still stick with my MVP choice, Russell Wilson. Yeah, so how about a Monday night's game? Your Bears. Oh yes, first the Rams. Yeah, this is a. I think there's two really interesting matchups. You got Foles versus Goff, and then on defense end, you're going to see uh, Donald versus Mac. Uh, I'm be really looking forward to see you know what each offense does to plan around those two defense specialists, um, and then kind of interesting. Obviously, Bears are five and one. I'm obviously high on them because they're my team, but I know a lot of people are like, hey, you know, Bears have played a combined 18 and 22 is what their opponents. Um, Standings have been so far, uh, and then you have and then you have the Rams at four and two. I think this is gonna be a really interesting, exciting game, um, but I think it's gonna be a low-scoring game. I don't think we're gonna get a game like we got tonight with uh, the Seahawks and Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, the the five and one Bears, I mean, like you like you mentioned, the opponents haven't been, haven't played the best this season. I I think the Bears are an okay team, but they're not contending for anything outside of a playoff spot. Don't disrespect them, bro. They're five and one for a reason. I did not start golf this week because I was worried about the Bears' defense. Okay. I mean, there you go then. I mean, defense does win football games. So, if, if you're high on their defense. Defense wins championships. Oh, okay. I thought it was the offensive line that wins championships. <laughs> the offensive line is the most important. But we all know the saying, defense wins championships. I mean, you could go ask Patrick Mahomes how he feels about that one. Uh, yeah, he got a great line protector. <laughs> but he's, That's but, a good point. All right. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, I know we kind of talked about who, who we think is coming out of the NFC West as far as, like, are they all going to make it? We all said no. I think the Seahawks uh, definitely definitely win the division. Yeah, I agree. Seahawks win the division. And I do think that the 49ers going to finish in the last. And I think it's going to be really interesting with the Rams and Cardinals. I think they both find a way to get in the playoffs with the new expansion. I definitely think there's a chance. So that's actually all we have for football. 
like we, like I promised earlier, we're going to hop into some Dodger baseball. Uh, we are in the World Series right now. Um, Kenley Jansen, uh, you didn't hear me talk about it last podcast, but I was basically just begging Dave Roberts, no Kenley Jansen in the World Series. Uh, you know what? He did me dirty. He put him in the ninth <laughs> inning of game four, and he blew the game. Um, pretty devastating. Obviously, the Dodgers were actually able to bounce back in game five tonight, Sunday night, and we were actually able to take a 3-1 lead. Uh, with a chance to close it out uh, the series on Tuesday. So, I mean, a little background as far as my sports goes. I haven't ever experienced a championship from from any of my teams in my lifetime. Uh, I've watched sports as long as I can remember, more than anyone I, I've ever met. Uh, so it's been, it's been a rough ride, especially kind of with the Dodgers losing in the World Series the last couple of years. Uh, they haven't won since 1988. But um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I mean, obviously, the more hopeful you get, the, the more you open yourself up to a letdown. But I'm hopeful. And I think win or lose, the Dodgers have to get rid of Dave Roberts. I mean, I know it's going to be weird getting rid of your manager after winning a World Series, but I think the Dodgers have a real solid chance at becoming a dynasty this decade. And uh, I think it starts with figuring out how to play baseball in October, and I think Dave Roberts is not the manager for that. What do you think the coach sees in Jansen? So you could go years back, years back, years back, and, and he's performed. I mean, he, he has these moments where he, where he fucks up. But he also has moments where he shows that he can be one of the best closers in baseball. But when you're in October and time and time again, he's proven that when it comes down to it, you can't trust him. I'm just a lot at a loss for words why they continue to trust him. And, that, and that's why I think that's one of the main reasons it's time to let Dave Roberts go. But uh, so for today's trivia question and a shot at a cash prize, we have the following for you guys. What NAIA college did our guest Thomas attend and play basketball? He mentioned it earlier in the pod. I'm sure most of you guys watching could even find out or know, but uh, just remember the first person to DM us at First Team All Podcast on Instagram. The correct answer uh, will be the winner of the prize. Uh, Jake is on his bibby shit, and by actually winning on back-to-back podcasts, oh boy, but uh, he's been kind enough to defer the prize money, so it's been added into the pool, so the pool's growing larger and larger. I just want to say good luck to everyone, and I hope I hope I see our DMs flooded this week. So that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning in. If you could please share our podcast on Instagram and Snapchat, We'd uh, really appreciate it. We've seen some great turnout from you guys doing that, and it's really increased our views. And again, I want to thank Thomas. Thank you for joining us tonight. For sure. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I'm sure he'll be back more uh, in, in some future appearances when we do this. And if you guys have any content you want us to discuss on the pod, obviously feel free to hit us up. Uh, and until next time, one love. Peace.